Hello, you're listening to Beardy Dads with me, Rue Reynolds. And me, Nick O'Leary. Hello, Nick. Are you all right? Hi, Rue. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm really tired today, but I'm happy and life is good here. How about you? Much the same. Tired. So very tired. I had my uh, first full full long day away from home yesterday, but that meant a 6am start, which um, very kindly Lauren made a 5.30 start in the morning. Uh, yeah, long day up in London and got home at midnight and Joe Ooh. stirred and saying, the next feed's at one. <laughs> so oh, Nick. didn't even bother going to bed. I just, I stayed up till one. You knew you wouldn't be able to sleep through. Exactly. Feed at one. Uh, it must have been about two before I went to, actually went to sleep. And then, of course, Toby bounded in at half six this morning. Oh, so. Nick, that's hard. But it's the weekend. I'm looking, so much looking forward to the weekend. You get a lion tomorrow. Uh, as much as Toby lets us. <laughs> well, we won't stay up too late tonight. But let's get this. Uh, let's get this done and get to bed. Yes. Beardy dads. Well, what have you been up to this week then? Well, this week we um, remembered we had to get Lauren registered. You have to do it within six weeks. Forty-two days. Forty-two days. So I mean, we're still plenty within that. So Lauren's now almost four weeks old. Uh, yeah, we got we got her registered. One of those few times in life where you have to give a proper answer for what you do. I was going to ask, what did you put as your occupation? I cheated. I I'd looked at what we'd done with Toby because I felt, <laughs> right. yeah, I ought to be a bit consistent. Although slightly that? disappointingly, I, I put IT engineer. Oh, weird. I know. And I remember at the time with Toby, it was all because I was caught out by the question. But I thought, I'm going to stick with that. Consistency. Consistency. I like it. So, Rue, what, what have you been up to this week? Well, we have been back for another weighing, uh, and I'm very excited to say that Oliver now weighs over nine pounds. He's nine pound three. Brilliant. At nine and a half weeks. Um, so, yeah, he's now the size of a baby, which is quite exciting. Yeah. Rachel talked to the midwife and said that we were still giving him a top-up every day of mm-hmm. somewhere between 60 and 90 mils of formula. Um, we'd, we'd normally make up a bottle of 90 and then he, he might not drink all of it, but generally he was he was having that every evening. And they said, well, he's gaining weight pretty fast. You probably don't need to bother with that anymore. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so he's he's off the top up. So he's breast milk only now and we'll see whether his weight continues to yeah. uh, keep going up in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it's, um, it's exciting. It does mean, of course, that a, he may not sleep quite as well um, because the formula has the effect of being quite <laughs> heavy going and quite um, quite hard to digest, which means that they yeah. they spend quite a long time sort of sleeping through it. But it, it has upsides and downsides as well. So, you know, he's, he's had a fair bit of indigestion recently. Right. Uh, we, we think maybe that might uh, might be reduced a little bit yeah. coming off the formula. So, yeah, we'll see. I guess it means there's, there's less for you to do in some ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one for your job. And also it's um, it was the thing that we always used to remind us to give him the vitamin D drops right so we would uh, remember to give the vitamin just before the bottle and now we're not giving the bottle we're having to remember ah well let's um maybe do it at bedtime or you know if he's having a bath then yeah so it's it's hard Mm. it's like a whole new bit of ritual that we have to fit in somewhere else now yeah but that's really good news yeah it's good it's exciting um definitely progress and he's he's growing fast and he's looking around himself a lot and uh yeah my, my parents came around today and they were amazed at just how how fast he's changing and you know how, how big he is now mm. well we had a, our wait, first way in for a little while this week as well and i mean obviously lauren had a head start on the weight department from from oliver so 
she was up to I think nine six this week. So, but that for us that's back up to birth weight plus plus some. Yeah. But it was quite funny. Friends of ours visited in the week, and they've got a seven month old. It made me realise I'm, in my eyes, Toby, the three and a half year old, is still our baby, and you've <laughs> just sort of we've grown used to how big he is, and he's a three year old. He's not a baby. Yeah, he's really not a baby. And then it was that culture shock of almost just how small a real you know, newborn baby is compared to that. And of course, that's what babies really like. Seeing Lauren next to the seven months old, and you realise even just over seven months, how much they grow. So what does happen? Because I'm, I'm really unfamiliar with what happens when. But by seven months, are we talking or not quite? No, not talking. Cooing. Noises, um, but not, not words. Oh, no, certainly not words, I don't think. Um, what about crawling? Heavy crawling by seven months, I would guess. So Toby was born in August, and uh, he he did his first sort of big crawl across the room, which I managed to video, in April. So that's eight months. So, yeah, I think it's, it's around that point they'll start crawling. Okay, and then in my mind, a one-year-old is often walking properly. Suddenly cruising round on furniture... Uh, other friends of ours, they their little ones were cruising at eight months. Cru- cruising as in walking, but with support, like ho- holding on to things. And... Yeah, that's it. So pulling themselves up on on a sofa, you know, walking along the front edge of the sofa, as you see, sort of supporting yeah. themselves. I haven't started looking at the first year baby books yet, but being able to roll over is one of the sort of milestones you're, you're going to have coming up at some point. Mm. Um, yeah, and Oliver definitely twists himself, and and his his legs are getting quite strong. He he pushes yeah. himself quite fast, but he's not really crawling. He he sort of does a a bit of a wriggle if he's trying to get to the right place to find a nipple. He'll definitely be <laughs> sort of doing doing a mini crawl. Yeah, um, and yeah, trying to push himself away, but not um, not yet crawling. I think turning over. It'll be interesting to see when when he gets closer to that. But mm. yeah. Growing out of the Moses basket is what he's currently doing. Oh, brilliant. It can be one of the most frustrating things that when when you watch them as they're trying to do the rolling over because they can get so close and you can just see (laughs) if they can just, you know, shift their centre of balance just slightly. Um, With Toby, he um, when he was three months old, he just spent an evening, a whole evening of just lying on his playmat, rolling onto his front, onto his back, loving it. Yeah, just out of the blue, having shown no sign for it. But then he didn't do it for another month after that. That's interesting. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like just something clicked and he he um just found that ability and then I've mastered that. Went, not went to sleep and then that. forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to worry about that for yeah. a while now. One of the other things I've noticed about Oliver growing and, and growing up is that previously when we might have brought him into the, the living room and put him in the Moses basket and maybe had had dinner and maybe even just, you know, sat and, and watched telly together, he would have gone to sleep really quickly. And as he's getting a bit older, as he's now into nine, ten weeks, he's definitely getting to the stage where eating and sleeping aren't the only things that he does. He's also actively seeking entertainment. He'll, he'll uh, look up at you and, and make eyes and a face as if to say, well, okay, what are we going to do now then? Entertain me. And so we've been beginning to play on the on the map a bit more and have uh, a bit more tummy time and um, and also using the bouncing chair, the right. baby bouncer, a bit more. 
which is good, which we bought on recommendation from you, I think. Um, you've got the, the Baby Bjorn bouncer yeah, thing, was it, haven't the, you? Yeah, the Baby Bjorn babysitter balance bouncer. <laughs> Literally all the, all the beads, you can imagine. Yeah. We have one of those now as well. Um, and it's great, yeah. When we first got it, he was far too small for it. Um, but now now that he's pretty much double what he was when he was born, uh, he fits in very neatly. And uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely not at the stage of bouncing himself in it. And I'm not sure when to expect him, him to do that, if, if ever. But he likes being in there, I would say. He, he likes using it to look around and take things in. Um, and I've tried gently bouncing it, and, and he doesn't seem to mind <laughs> that. I'm not sure that I could be able to tell if he's particularly enjoying yeah. it or not. But um, yeah. Is is that um, something that he will get a lot of use out of? Is is there like a, a good long period in his life when a bouncer? I hope so. Uh, Toby be... didn't take. I mean, we didn't get a lot of use out of out of it when we had it. Um, I, I seem to remember we had a different one initially. I think the one we had bought before Toby arrived, and then um, I forget if if the baby one was then a gift a bit later, or I I just remember we got it when he was already a couple months old. Um, and he, I don't think he ever got on with it too well. Um, you know, he would go in for short periods, but you couldn't rely on it for, for very long. But so far, Lauren is, is um, she she has her moments in it, but no, she does, it does calm her down sometimes. And um, yeah, still still waiting to see how well she takes to it. One thing we, Make. we did get um, to try and you know, keep them entertained, you can get this little uh, activity thing that clips over the front that has a, uh, like wooden beads on a rail that they can spin and do interesting things to try and keep them entertained. And Particularly as they okay. start getting the hand-eye coordination together, um, you know, when they start flailing, the, flailing their arms around and realising they can touch things and make things happen. Yeah, it's good. Um, and is that bead attachment thing, is that like a aftermarket accessory from the Baby Bjorn people, or is that a generic thing that you can No, no, it, it is an official Baby Bjorn thing. <laughs> um, yeah, not not one we've just jerry-rigged um, over the top with some coat hangers. It's a real... It, <laughs> coat hangers and, and barbed wire. It's not one of those. It, it, it is a proper certified Baby Bjorn Interesting. I didn't know such things existed. I'll have to keep keep my eyes peeled. Yeah. Well, I'll dig up some links, and of course they'll be in the show notes for everyone to follow. So we've had a listener question come in from a uh, listener called Rachel. I believe you know her, Rue. <laughs> Rachel Reynolds. Yes, your, your, your wife has written in. <laughs> my darling wife has emailed us. She has. So she wanted to know, you guys are, she tells me, are looking at using reusable nappies. Yes. And wanted to know thoughts or experiences on disposable versus reusable nappies. Yes, we've been using disposable nappies um, since Oliver was born. And we've got to the stage just recently where we've been thinking, well, it could be worth investigating. Um, and it's, it's probably worth at least thinking about reusable nappies. Um, and I think they've come on a long way. My, uh, my understanding is that uh, the Terry nappies mm. that I've seen... Um, and and might remember from childhood. I'd have to ask my mum actually whether I was in Terry nappies or disposables. But yeah, I think I think things have changed since then. And Rachel found on maybe it was on Amazon, maybe it was in the Ocado online store or somewhere. But she found a reusable nappy system called the Bambino Mio, 
uh, and it has uh, a sort of soft cottony outer shell with Velcro straps. So it feels like you're putting on a disposable nappy, but then you have a, a lining inside. I think you can get washable ones and you can get disposable ones so that there's a sort of a like a hybrid system, yeah. if you like, where you've got a, a disposable inner uh, sleeve and then the, the outer cotton wrapping, which you can then wash in the washing machine. So we've, we bought one to try mm-hmm. it, and it was okay. It was a bit big on him, but, you know, he'll, he'll grow into yeah. it. So, yeah, you asked on on Twitter, you asked our, our lovely friends and listeners what they thought of disposable nappies. Did we get some responses? Yeah, we did. Thea just said disposable, short and to the point. That's what she does. She's busy, busy lady, Thea. She's not going to be uh, faffing around with things that take too much time, I no, imagine. Absolutely. And um, I, I think um, that's my personal reaction as well. Giles Turnbull, previous contributor, said uh, that they used toweling ones that had been saved in a grandparent's attic for 30-odd years. But thereby missing out on all the technological advancements that had happened in those 30 years. Yeah, but, you know, is is technology really worth it, though, Rue? I suppose there's something lovely and nostalgic about white toweling terry nappies, but there's also the... just uh, In my head, when you wash them, you have to put them in a saucepan. I'm I'm sure that's not (laughs) true, but I have a steamy kitchen with a massive saucepan full of dirty brown water and nasty grey... Terry nappies that's that's my sort of folk memory you know yeah. my sort of cultural uh, reference point for reusable nappies and it's not a very pleasant no thing. so then we had a tweet from uh, John Wood at Jelly Bob UK he remembered seeing some research although he couldn't find a source uh, that the environmental benefits of reusable versus disposable were marginal at best once you factor in the manufacturing and the washing, drying, particularly if you tumble dry, cost of reusables. I can imagine that. I can see how you're washing them in a washing machine, you know, you're, you're taking quite a lot of energy to do mm. that. I do think, though, that there's probably going to be, even if the environmental Im- impact isn't that massive, it's going to be a fairly big financial saving, you'd imagine. Potentially. Certainly that was an observation from James Jeffries. Um, he said that if you're going to have more than one kid, having reusable certainly... You know, that tips the balance. And also he makes the point that the modern ones are so much better than the 30-, 40-year-old technology, the, the terry cloths, and not tumble-drying them goes a long way around the, sort of mm. the energy cost of it. Yeah, because I, I imagine that the cost of washing and reusing a, a nappy is probably, if you're going to tumble-dry them, it's probably mostly taken up in yeah. that, which probably would, would shrink them and probably isn't great for great for the... Material. Well, it's interesting. I, so I spoke to Joe about it. So, yeah, my wife, who she works in childcare, so she's got ex- quite a, a range of experience of um, kids with different sorts of nappies. And I guess that's probably helped influence the fact we've not gone reusable here. Mm. Um, and she made a couple observations. One was the reusable ones with Velcro. Once they get washed a few times, the Velcro just loses some of its stick- sticking ability. Oh and no. You, when the Velcro is not so sticky, it's that much easier for the kids to just whip their nappy off themselves. Mm. So she would say it was always better to getting the poppered ones because they're just, you know, they don't come undone as easily. Okay, so tip from childcare, poppers better than Velcro for the, reusable um, nappies. Her other observation was typically uh, reusable ones are just more bulky. Yes, I've certainly seen that. Once we put Oliver in it, he looked like one yeah. of those weebles, you know, he was... Uh, Very bottom-heavy. Yeah. too big for And of course that's because... Yeah. Uh, you don't have all the um, absorbent gel that you have in a nappy that's designed to be very compact and expand. 
you know, you've just got the cloth. Mm. But then that can be a real pain getting cl- nice clothes that fit because a lot of kids' clothes don't bulge in the bottom. Right, they don't yeah. make allowances for having yeah. a, a big load. I mean, the, the, it's not, yeah, not a show-stopping problem, clearly, but, um, you know, just one of those things to be aware of going down that route. Interesting. So we did try uh, reusable. Um, we had some handed down to us from Joe's sister who had used them for a while. But I think when we were trying to use it, we, I think we just had a bad run of very leaky nappies that it wasn't a fun experience. <laughs> did you abandon shit? I think we abandoned, and it may have coincided with like going away on holiday or something where we didn't have the security of our washing machine and it was just easier to take a pack of nappies. And it just proved right. so much easier that we just didn't look back. We talked about you know not tumble drying them. I think if you have a tumble dryer, it certainly influences how many you buy, because you've got to be pretty certain you have enough to cope with you know, getting through ten of them in a day, um, mm-hmm. and being able to churn them through the wash cycle as quickly as possible on a cold, wet, raining day. <laughs> yeah, then you just constantly have nappies on your radiators drying out. But. Mm. Perhaps I'm being a bit too down on them. Well, we'll, we'll see. I've got a feeling that we'll, we might try it. We might go for it and see uh, see whether we get on with them. But, yeah, interesting. Well, thank you very much to everyone for your thoughts and your feedback. So, Roo, have you got any tips for us this week? I do, actually. Um, I've got a tip. Um, something that I picked up probably from a doctor uh, some time ago. You know, when you're dealing with babies, you're, you're often washing your hands, either because you're going to touch them and you want clean hands, or because they have made your hands <laughs> horribly dirty. Yep. So um, something that um, I'm always remembering when I wash my hands, um, and thanks to this, this doctor who suggested it a while ago, is that when people wash their hands, they often forget to wash their thumbs. <laughs> so gen- general life tip, but one that definitely will apply to fathers. Uh, when you're washing your hands, don't forget the thumbs. That's a great tip. I I remember in when we were in the hospital, they've got all the wa- hand washing instructions near every sink. So obviously, it's a kind of a big deal there to keep your hands clean. Make sure you get in between all the fingers. Make sure you go right up the wrists, and you know, sort of yeah. your lower arm almost. And well, trainee doctors have to be taught how to wash their hands properly. Yeah. Um, and there are there are things like each finger has four sides. Yes. And it makes you quite conscious of cleaning every bit of your hands rather than just you know my, my general approach to hand washing would be you know treating the whole hand as if it had a front and a back yeah. uh, and maybe not even a back most of the time yes because but, yeah it's the front of your hands that touch things no, yeah yeah the palms I think it's quite easy to remember to clean your palms and the rest of your hand well, yeah. not so much so yeah fun how about you Nick have you got any tips this week so something we bought to make life easier having the three-year-old as well as, as the new baby is we got a buggy board Oh, what's that? So this is a little uh, board on wheels that clips onto the back of the buggy. Like a um, a trailer for the buggy? Kind of like a trailer. So it lets Toby stand on that whilst you're pushing the buggy, um, which is really handy when you've got a three-and-a-half-year-old whose legs are tired and you know doesn't want to walk anymore and you know, why can't they sit in the buggy? It isn't fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I bet he, he misses the buggy, I imagine. Yeah, well, we've we've kind of pretty much gone cold turkey you know it's just not practical anymore and to be honest he's three and a half he doesn't he doesn't need it anymore yeah um but the buggy board has gone a long way to taking a lot of the stress out of going for walks without a buggy for him 
and how does he get on with it? Is he happy to stand on it and be pushed? Is it he loves he it. it. It might still be a novelty, so we'll see how it how it pans out. But um, no, he loves getting on it, and because when he stood on it, he's right up close to Lauren. I mean, he he stands between you and the buggy, effectively. You're, okay, you're, so he's sort of between the handles. Between the handles. I mean, in fact, our buggy, the handle's a big loop, so he stood within the loop of the handle, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. So nicely enclosed and feeling like yeah. he's in, in a spaceship. Yeah. No, he loves it, and he, he sort of enjoys just chatting to Lauren while she's trying <laughs> to sleep, and but then also just, yeah, enjoying the ride. For all the, the good it is, um, I'm sure we'll get quite bored of him wanting to jump on and off all the time at some point, but... Um, no, it's it, for a few walks, you know, with the rare sunshine we've had in the last week or so, um, actually being able to get out of the house and go for walks and not have to go at Toby's pace, the fact, you know, we can let him, wear him out and then just sit him on the, or stand him on the buggy board and then we can just go for a, a stroll and get some fresh air. It's Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like um, it sort of increases the range of walks that you might go on together as a family yeah so my tip is uh, you know the buggy board makes a world of difference that does sound good yeah 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 well um, if if we ever have a second that's definitely something we'll be we'll be looking for that sounds great real talk now nick i've been wanting to ask you this question for ages it's been on my list for a very very long time even before we knew you were having a girl i was uh, I, I had this itching burning question in my mind okay um when we had a boy, I was quite pleased because um, describing their, their bits, describing their genitals, it's really easy for a boy. The word willy in the UK, it's very straightforward. You know, oh, look, his lovely little willy. That's, that's fine. I'm less sure about what parents who have girls call their bits. So, Nick, if you're prepared to share with us, now that you've got a girl and a boy, uh, how, how are you getting on with this? What do you, what do you call their genitals? So far, we haven't necessarily had to come up with names for these things. I think it's... Oh, but you will. You're going to need oh, to talk about these things. Oh, absolutely. It's it's going to come up. No, I think amongst everything we've, we've had to be thinking about dealing with, this one hasn't yet cropped up. Oh, no. You're, you're, you're unprepared for it, then. I'm unprepared. But then equally, there's two aspects. You, know, you don't want to be prudish about Joe and I talking about, you know, have you washed them and all that sort of stuff. And what, what terms do you use when you as adults are talking to each other about your child? And then there's the what language do you use with the child? That you know, What words are you happy for your child to repeat um, in preschool or in kindergarten you know, with their friends? You know, all that sort of thing. As you said, yeah. certainly in Britain, Willie is a no-brainer. Willie's safe. Willie is is not a sexy word. It's not sexual. It's it doesn't sound very yeah. rude. Um, I think boys have got it quite easy, really, because they can talk about their willies, and they can do that with doctors, and they'll know exactly what they're talking about. So I, I remember some time ago we did tweet this question. Did we did ask our listeners? Um, uh, Richard Ayres pretty much came back with the same question: the fact that his son has started to refer to his sister's willy which of course she doesn't have um i mean that's a whole separate conversation of how do you start talking about the differences between boys and girls with kids at what age yeah. but they need a word yes you you need a word so thea got in contact and pointed us in the direction of front bottom front bottom i have i have definitely heard as a, yeah. a euphemism 
for, for lady parts. Um, yeah, I suppose it's sufficiently descriptive and uh, unambiguous. People will, will know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so it's, it's front bottom certainly safe. It just doesn't trip off the tongue quite the way Willy does. Yeah, it's not. Um, um, it doesn't have like a pleasing um, sound to it. It's not a. Uh, no. Yeah, it's it's, it's feels, pragmatic. Feels, pragmatic is right. It feels cumbersome though. It feels like it's a, a compromise. I do remember recently on BBC Three, there's a series called Tough Young Teachers, following these uh, newly qualified teachers in in their first schools, and obviously this is you know with quite quite a bit older children. In fact, I think this was a year seven class. So year seven is, what, 11, 12-year-olds? That yeah, sort of age. That. Oh, yeah. 12, 13-year-olds, yeah, I think. 12, 12, yeah. And it was following you know, this this 20-something-year-old teacher's first go at doing a sex ed class. He took a slightly novel approach of just dealing with the language you use um, and trying to get over the embarrassment of talking about these things. And he just started by asking the children to put their hand up and just call out all of the swear words they could think of that were terms for male and female parts. That's absolutely unin you know, nothing was off the table. Yeah. Lots of sniggering, but the kids started coming up with you know, things that needed beeping. Um and but he did a really good job because he for each one of those he then wrote it on the on the whiteboard under um penis and vagina sort of collating words under them and once they sort of all got it out of their system just said right those are the terms you know of but that's the last time we used them for you know, from here on out it's penis and vagina you know you've just got it but also er- eradicated any ambiguity you know there, there's nobody oh, is yeah. now confused that you know there is such a thing as a dick and a penis and that they're separate things you know that it's yeah that's good that's a pretty brave uh, brave uh, way of teaching as well. I think for for someone who's coming across as slightly nervous, having to just tackle this subject as a whole, to then just say to his class, right, basically spend the next ten minutes swearing at me. Yeah. And to be able to draw a line under that. Um, no, it was it was an interesting technique. It does, of course, mean that we've now used one of the words that would be a possibility here, which is the slightly, perhaps slightly medical sounding vagina. Yeah, I I know what you mean when you say medical sounding. Again, it there's nothing wrong with it. It is the c- perfectly correct term. Is it the sort of term you start using with a with a young baby? I don't know. So I think Rue, particularly on a subject like this, I think we you and I need to take a step back from this one. I think we we need some guidance from our our listeners. Uh, let us know. I think it's true that we need help. Yes, I'm totally clueless with this one, Nick. Um, I've mm. I've only had a brother as a sibling, so I've never had to, um, you know, talk, talk about these things in a child-friendly context before. Um, yeah. Where I've seen parents in the past go really cutesy with it, um, and and make something that's so fluffy and and friendly and you know family-oriented that yeah that it can lose it can become very ambiguous and can lose. Meaning, so you know, words like flower or la la is is going to be a problem. You know, if if you hurt yourself in that area and you're trying to tell a teacher or trying to tell a, a doctor what's going on, um, yeah, you know that that's maybe maybe lacking in specificity. Yes, and it's certainly um, one of those sort of very flowery terms, mimsy. Mimsy, mimsy. But then oh, there mommy, was my a... mimsy hurts. 
But then there was a kids' film a few years ago called The Last Mimsy. <laughs> so maybe that isn't a term. Maybe I need to look on the Urban Dictionary for that one. Oh, I imagine Urban Dictionary is full of words that we could use. I, I imagine the Urban Dictionary is full of words we absolutely must not use. That's almost certainly true. So, yes, uh, listeners, please let us know. And Nick, please, please let us know what you end up using. Yeah, I absolutely will do. Same as you. I mean, I grew up with just a brother, but Joe grew up with two younger sisters. So it's not something she and I have spoken about, but I'm sure we'll we'll figure something out. I bet she's got some good words for this. This is, uh, yeah, that's going to be a winner for you. Yeah. We've had uh, another review, Nick. This is my oh, favourite part of the show. We like it when people review us on iTunes. And uh, we've had one this week from Josh Sinnott. Hello, Josh. Uh, now, Nick, would you, before I read it, would you like to guess how old Josh is? Um, okay, I'm going to go... Name like Josh. I'm going to go younger rather than older. Um, have we got another teenager on our hands? Yes, Josh is 17. Josh says, I'm in the same boat as Erin from Torquay. I'm 17 and probably a good few years off being a father. I love the show and find it gripping listening along and hearing about Toby, Oliver and Lauren. Thank you so much for making a brilliant show. Well, thank you for listening, Josh. Um, and in your in your review, you spell Toby with uh, an E in parentheses, which is a neat way of showing that you don't know how to spell Toby. I can I can tell you if you ever need to write to Nick, uh, Toby is just T O B Y, no E in there. And of course, we we do like it when you get in touch. You can email us podcast at beardydads.co.uk, or you can talk to us on Twitter where we are at beardydads. Big thanks to everyone who's tweeted us. We've got One-Armed Freddy, Connor McGovern, Toby Joyce, Thea, Giles, who you mentioned earlier, uh, John Wood, Matt Smart, James Jeffries, Nathan Delgrano. Wow, we are we are rich in listeners and people who make our lives much more interesting during the week. Thank you all. Um, Thank you. And if you're listening to this um, and you're itching to say something or ask a question or fill us in on something that we've talked about, I'm sure you've got good suggestions for Lady Bits. Please do email or tweet, but Especially if you get a chance, please do record yourself uh, and send it to podcast.beardydads.co.uk. We'd love to have you on the next show. That's great. We've forgotten someone, Rue. Who's that? We've forgotten to thank Wes West for our amazing theme tune. Yes, thank you very much, Wes. Uh, it's the best theme tune of any podcast. Thanks, Wes. Okay, Nick, uh, I look forward to seeing you again next week then. Yeah, thanks, Rue. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.